Election day is tomorrow and voter disenfranchisement is still going on. Beyonce has opened up about what it's like to parent during a pandemic. And we've got Dr. David Langer to discuss the Netflix show Lennox Hill and COVID-19. The date, November 2nd, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hello, friends. I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Well, first of all, welcome, Zach, to your first episode of News O'Clock, a first official episode. The last Friday was fun. Thank you so much. I think it's incredible that my first day is the day before a little election. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> just like just no pressure. One. Just a tiny no. one. <laughs> my slacks this morning on the BuzzFeed slacks, people be like, good luck. And I'm like, this feels a lot darker now. That you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did you sign up for this? <laughs> but I, I think it's like a perfect week for us to like kiki and get the people through their news. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, Okay, before we dive into what the rest of the week is going to be, which is, you know, that tiny election, did you do anything fun for Halloween? Ish. I went to my friend's backyard and ate pizza, and I wore high heels, and that was all my costume. (laughs) I'll take it. I didn't wear a costume. (laughs) I literally, I put on a Dodgers jersey and wore high heels with it, and I was like, oh, I'm a Dodgers player. That's gay. I don't know. And it just took this whole other thing. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So what what did you do? Okay. So for the first time ever, I watched Ocean's Eleven. I've never seen any of them. And let me tell you this. I thought all the movies took place on the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, have, I, I don't know how I spent 20 years of my life not knowing that his last name is Ocean. <laughs> I'm dying because it also like I want to watch Oceans 13 the one with like is Rihanna in that or someone in there's like it's like all those big female celebrities I want to see them on a boat oh, the Ocean's whole time eight. Ocean 8 yeah. Ocean 8 thank you them on a boat would be amazing yeah I was watching with my roommates and it finished and I loved the movie it was so great classic heist movie and I was like so do any of these take place on a boat <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Well, this is the next plot for the next one. It takes place on a boat. So there you go. The studio should pay you for that idea. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Zach, it's time for today's top stories. What have you got for us? We are in the final days of campaigning and Trump rallies are as batshit crazy as ever. And now his supporters are following his lead. First on Friday, a caravan of Trump supporters swarmed and attempted to push a Biden bus full of campaign staffers off the road. The Biden campaign was forced to cancel two events in Texas, and now the FBI is now looking into it. Then yesterday, his supporters took the Trump train to New Jersey's Garden State Parkway, completely shutting it down. This is what it sounded like. We shut it down, baby. We shut it down. We shut it down. We shut it down. For supporters that actually made it to the rally, they found themselves stranded in the cold again, this time after rallies in both Pennsylvania and Georgia over the weekend. Long after the president left, his fans were left waiting for buses that took hours to arrive. Meanwhile, supporters of a midnight rally in Florida want Dr. Anthony Fauci fired, and Trump had this to say about it. Don't tell anybody, but let me wait till a little bit after the election. I appreciate the advice. I appreciate it. Now, he's been wrong on a lot. He's a nice man, though. He's been wrong on a lot. Friendly reminder, the U.S. has now hit a daily average of nearly 75,000 new coronavirus cases. 
Moving on, Election Day is tomorrow. We've seen record voter turnout across the country, but in North Carolina, a group of activists said that they were stopped on their way to the polls, pepper sprayed, and arrested. The I Am Change March was headed to polling places in Graham, North Carolina, on the last day of early voting, and congregated at a Confederate monument where they held a moment of silence. It was then that witnesses say officers attempted to force the crowd of about 200 people to disperse. The organizers of the march had a permit, and police action included using pepper spray on marchers, which included children as young as five years old. This is what it was like on the ground. So they didn't tell anybody, but you're supposed to be behind these cones or either behind that fence, so not in the roadway. And all of a sudden, they just started pepper spraying people in the whole crowd, including myself, coughing. Perfect time to be coughing, too. The Grand Police Department says they began to break up the march only after participants blocked traffic and refused to move, revealing in a statement that the gathering had, quote, reached a level of conduct that led to the rally being deemed unsafe and unlawful by unified command. The demonstrators didn't make it to their polling place, and North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper has called the incident, quote, unacceptable. Zach, do you know what I'm so sick of? It's politicians, governors, et cetera, saying that something is unacceptable and then not doing anything. I'm just like so tired of them, like putting on this face like they're like, shame on you, but I'm going to keep letting it happen. Oh, 100 percent. I'm also confused that this whole thing we we grew up in schools hearing go vote, make sure you vote go vote. And now people are driving their cars to go vote, doing everything they can to vote. And people are like, "Mm, it's not the right way. That's not the right way. And it's just really petty and obnoxious. And I'm over it. It it really is. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm for, you know, we're all going to be very nervous and anxious this whole week, but I'm especially nervous about tomorrow and the day after the election, already seeing what like Trump supporters have done, like, you know, surrounding that bus or blocking traffic. Like, what are they going to do tomorrow when people are trying to vote? You know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are scared. Yeah. And I would say my best advice for everyone is check in with people, have plans for voting, and also like maybe don't drive down highways where Trump supporters have flags for their course tomorrow because these people are really uh, acting up, to say the least, right now. All right. Well, Casey, get us up to speed on all the pop culture and entertainment news we might have missed over the weekend. Okay. Well, John Mulaney hosted SNL for the fourth time this weekend, and there was a lot of funny stuff, including, of course, a Broadway musical parody that involved Pete Davidson trying to buy underwear from a Times Square souvenir shop. You know, who hasn't tried that? But Mulaney is getting a lot of criticism over something he said in his monologue. I'm supposed to, oh yes, I'm supposed to make an announcement. Uh, on November 3rd, there is an elderly man contest. Um, so uh, there's two elderly men, and you're supposed to choose your favorite of the two elderly men you can put it in the mail or you can go and write down which elderly man you like and then we'll add them all up and then uh uh we might have the same elderly man or we might have a new elderly man um but just rest assured no matter what happens nothing much will change in the united states the rich will continue to prosper while the poor languish It's that last line, no matter what, nothing will change, that people are taking issue with, questioning whether this is the best message to be giving to the American public days before an election, and also not necessarily a take we want to hear from a wealthy white man. 
100% like pot meat kettle, kettle meat pot. Like, yeah, maybe John, it won't change for you, rich white guy. But for us, you and I, both minorities in this country, things will look a lot different depending on who, which old white guy is in office. And like, sure, it could look radically different if there was a woman leading or a black person. But like, girl, this is what we got right now. This is what it yeah. is. And this is not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> it is not helpful. I thought we had moved past that point because that was a pretty popular opinion for white privileged people, you know, before the primaries when they were like, well, I'm not voting for Biden. And then a lot of people spoke up, usually those a part of minority communities and was like, hey, actually, you shouldn't be saying that because it's going to vastly affect my life and other people's lives. And they've gotten people to jump on board the Biden train. But it's like, oh, boy, that's not the thing to say right before the election. Yeah. No, no, thanks. As we just talked about, if the difference is, is, you know, one candidate will let you drive to the polls and the other will make you go and, you know, barricade people with your cars. That's a big difference. You know what we're seeing this harassment with the Trump trade. Those are big differences there. So John Mulaney, you know, reducing all of this isn't uh, even accurate right now. <laughs> All right, moving on. Beyonce is opening up about what it's like being a mom of three throughout the pandemic. And it's honestly very relatable. In the cover story for British Vogue, Beyonce opened up about how her parenting style has changed during these times, saying, quote, I have become a better listener. Blue is very smart and she's aware that there's a shift. But it is my job as a parent to do my best to keep her world as positive and safe as can be for an eight-year-old. In slightly more, hmm, unrelatable news, she also said she started showing Blue the reaction to Brown Skin Girl, a track on her last album that featured Blue's vocals, adding that she's made sure Blue knows she's not too young to start changing the world. I never underestimate her thoughts and feelings, and I check in with her to understand how this is affecting her. Beyonce for Queen of the World, mm. for Mother of the Year, mm. everything. I mm. That cover dropping this weekend, oh my, goodness. my phone always blows up every time Beyonce does anything. And I'm very happy about it. But then to see the news and how she is just so gracious and loving to her daughter and her children, I just, I'm here for it. I love it. I love, love, love. I know. And I think it was like, I don't think anyone was expecting that cover to drop, right? So it was a wonderful surprise and that we needed right now. I know. I was like, wait, are you going to drop anything else? Wink, wink, Beyonce, an album or something. <laughs> but I, I will say a friend reminded me that her dropping a new line for Ivy Park last week is enough to have a cover story in a fashion magazine. So it's like, it's fine. We just were really desperate for a Beyonce album and a Rihanna album. I'm just throwing Rihanna into this too, because Always we all deserve Rihanna in there because she needs to hear she needs to keep hearing it. <laughs> I'm just going to say, if Rihanna and Beyonce are listening, Wednesday is a great day to drop an album. I'm just saying, you know, ride the wave. You're currently controlling the news cycle. Keep it going. So that's all I have to say. Case in point. <laughs> all right. When we come back, we've got Dr. David Langer from Lenox Hill. Stay right there. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com 2022. I'm Colleen Witt. 
Join me, the host of Eating While Broke podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson, the official princess of Compton, Asia. Kidding, and Asia. This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke, and today I'm going to break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke. Listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm excited to be back with a new season of You and Me Both. You know, when we started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. But I am a firm believer we're stronger together. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. Listen to You and Me Both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. COVID-19 hospitalizations continued to surge in the U.S. over the weekend to 50,000. And on Friday, the U.S. set a record for the highest number of new cases at nearly 100,000. So yes, things are getting worse, and all signs point to the fact that they will continue to get worse throughout the fall. Joining us now to break down these bleak numbers is Dr. David Langer. He's the chair of the neurosurgery department at Lenox Hill Hospital in Manhattan and the star of the Netflix series Lenox Hill. Good afternoon. Thanks so much. As we mentioned, we hit the record for new cases over the weekend. We've all been talking about this third wave for a while. Are you surprised by these numbers? Is this what we anticipated would happen? I am a little surprised, but not more or less resigned to it. I think, um, First off, we don't know as much about this virus as we would like to know. It's still a bit of a mystery, particularly the asymptomatic spreaders, the the amount of infections in children, why it's so toxic to some and and non to others. There's just so many aspects to it that are kind of hard to explain, number one. Number two, we basically have broken up our country into little compartments that's the problem. We, we haven't looked at this as a country. We've looked at it as these balkanized states. And unfortunately, everyone has their own rules and our testing policies and our quarantining policies, even whether we wear masks or not, is still a question. So if you, knowing now what we knew then, of course, we would have done this differently. I, I, no matter what side of the political side you were on, it could have been done better. Would you have known at the time? Hard to know. But I'm, I am surprised. I mean, we, we should, when you start to see it jacking up in Europe now, we're no different than the Europeans. Mm-hmm. They opened yeah. up a little earlier than we did, certainly, but uh, I'm, I'm concerned. I think um, we don't seem to have been prepared for this. And uh, given what happened in New York and what I've witnessed in New York and, and particularly in early April was just uh, breathtaking. And I, I just really, really hope it doesn't happen again. Do we know what's driving the surge right now? Well, viruses tend to have a kind of a seasonal effect, number one. COVID, when it hit, you know, New York City probably was getting infected all through January and February. Um, We just didn't know it. And uh, it didn't really spike until sort of toward end of March. But by then, we were all really on lockdown. So we really put a damper. It could have been a lot worse had we not done social distancing and not shut everything down. But then the summer came, and we know the infection rates sort of drop a little bit based on seasonal variation. I think what we're seeing now is a typical 
uh, spike in virus in this in these latitudes during this kind of season. That goes without saying that when you have big uninfected populations like we do, people are more susceptible to this stuff. And when you put people indoors more and they're not really quarantined the way they probably do, people are just getting kind of quarantine fatigue. Uh, people let their guard down a little bit. And there's a real financial issue and an economic one that's driving some of the failure to protect. But we'll look back. This is a historic time. We're not, at, we're not through it. We're not over it. And I think we have a ways to go, actually. And I, I wouldn't have said that a few months ago. I thought we'd really hopefully keep it down. Mm. Well, Doctor, you brought up this word fatigue. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot this weekend because we saw a bunch of huge warehouse parties happening that were Halloween-themed in the Bronx and Brooklyn and other places around the country. And the superstar Kendall Jenner, uh, she had a massive birthday party. Um, so I'd love to hear more about what your thoughts are on this fatigue and why we're seeing people not just like kind of like step outside, but they're going to big parties. Like what's going on there? I think the problem is that the youth don't get that sick, but it's like the perfect virus to disrupt society. It kills just enough. It's really a fear factor. It's almost like a terrorism event. Like if a plane goes down, people stop flying. They're still rare events. You're just afraid of flying or afraid of a shark attack. Well, this is actually killing right now like a thousand people a day in the US, but they're all like the other people or the old people. And so it's not scary enough to, to make young people change. But I also think it's about leadership. It's about a consistent leadership strategy amongst our politicians, one that really resonates with the youth of America. People are social animals. You know, they want to have that party, they want to have that contact. And since there's not a lot, often not a lot of repercussions uh, where you no one sees themselves getting sick or even their friends when they're positive aren't that sick, there's no real big downside of doing it uh, enough that makes us change our behavior. And I think that it's unfortunate that a Kardashian who she can do whatever she wants, she's a billionaire, but you know, maybe you think of yourself more out of the box about what you can do to uh, impact young people who really who really worship you. Yeah. And not to be, like, I'm not the defender of the Kardashians, but something that she did say allegedly happened is that they've been testing people before they gather together. So they are trying to have some screening happening. But, you know, talk to us about that. Is that actually helpful? If you're going to have a party, should you be testing right before? Will that actually help curb the, the virus, or is it not even worth doing? Well, I'm glad to hear they're doing that, no question. But that, one of the reasons why you want to limit the number of people to 50 is in case somebody slips through, and if you have 400 people, there's one person who's infected, it, become, it could become a super spreader. Just have 50 people. Look, the Trumps are having 400 people at the White House. It's not just yeah. her. It's the way the message is being delivered. And, and remember, you're not doing this for yourself. You're doing this to prevent your grandparents from getting infected. Or it's a, not about yourself. You're doing, you're, you're changing behavior to prevent the hospitals from getting overwhelmed. Because chances are you're going to be fine. But it's, it's, it's this, this connection. It's a real public health issue. It's not a personal one. And that has to be messaged properly. You're not wearing a mask to prevent, prevent yourself from getting infected. You're wearing it to prevent you from spreading it to other people. People wear seatbelts. That, that's, that's purely selfish. And yet people do that. So there's a lot of concern about potential spread due to holiday travel. Canada saw a spike after their Thanksgiving. What's your advice to people for staying safe during the holiday season? I think you should just maintain this year is a tough year. You know, have the big Thanksgiving event next year. I think you're, if you're quarantined with your family, you know, your family's okay. People have asked, should I bring my grandparents in? Well, you know, if you have your core family and no one's been sick and everybody's been together, I don't think it's so terrible to bring your grandparents into your house. 
however, I probably would have them put masks on, particularly in close quarters, uh, mm. only because they're the most susceptible. But I wouldn't have your typical multi-generational Thanksgiving event. I mean, it's, the in, it's indoors. It's hard to do these things outdoors. And I, I just think it's something, do a Zoom for Thanksgiving. That's just unfortunately, just one more Zoom Thanksgiving. That's really good advice. All right, so Doctor, New York was the epicenter of the first wave in the spring, and we watched the staff of Linux Hill on the front lines of the response in the docuseries. Let's play a clip. This is one of your doctors calling a family member to give them bad news. This is a terrible story because uh, this patient's related to one of our employees. Uh, hi, it's Dr. Carpati. Um, he's getting worse. His, we're having trouble now keeping his pH uh, in a normal range. That means he's building up more acid in the blood. So I think you have to be prepared now. We're still doing everything we can, but it's not working. So that was a clip from this past spring. But doctor, you know, as we're seeing another surge, what could that mean for your hospital looking forward? Well, that should be required listening for the whole population. If people had any sense of humanity, we might change our behavior just a little bit. Whenever I see watch, I'm not widely watched the COVID episode, you know, once, but you know, it's it's it reminds you of of what we're up against. We're more prepared this time. I don't think we're going to see the massive increase so quickly that we did. Also, people are more willing to come to the hospital. Back then, people were waiting at home. They were afraid to come in. They were coming in really sick. So as long as we get to you earlier, we have a much better chance. We know steroids really work. I think Pepsid probably works. Um, and I think that our therapeutics, if they're give, delivered early enough, really are, are going to have a better impact. We've learned a lot about this disease in the last six months. And we're more prepared this time. I think the public's a little smarter. They're, they're not going to just wait until they can't breathe until they come to the emergency room. And we're prepared. We have the PPE. We have the therapeutics. We have the training. We know how to separate people. Uh, we, we, we know much more now than we did then. And I, I think we'll be much better this time than we were before. Okay. And you just mentioned you've only seen that episode, the coronavirus episode, once so far. But, you know, watching it that one time, what was it like to see yourself back in that moment again? Was it traumatizing? What were you, what was going through your mind? My daughter told me she thinks this is going to be kind of like us in the history class they're going to watch every year when they're talking about this historic. And I, I that was sort of definitely resonated with me that we could be sort of history because there aren't very many kind of verbal or audio or that many video histories of what really was going on. So I think that's certainly an interesting way of looking at it. So going into the rest of 2020, what are your words of advice for Americans? My message is this. This is a tough time. There's a lot going on between our politics, our health, and that all feeds back into the way we look at our careers, how much money we're going to make, what we're going to do with our lives, how it's going to affect me. But if we don't care for one another and find a way to have some empathy for people who are not like us, we're only going to be worse off. COVID should have brought people together, that it should have allowed us to celebrate that we're all human, no matter, no matter what. But if anything, it pushed us apart. We have to be respectful of this, and we need to care for one another, and we'll get through this. I mean, this will end. Well said. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Okay, one more thing. 
We all know Dr. Seuss as the writer famous for his books, Green Eggs and Ham, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and so many others with memorable rhyming schemes. But we're here to tell you, you'll never hear Dr. Seuss the same way again after TikToker Valentin Coronado turned Fox and Socks into this unreal rap. My God, I I want to hear that on Billboard, whatever, Spotify, immediately, everything. That was just the most incredible thing ever. What did you think about that, Casey? Uh, truly amazing. I mean, that feels like an actual song. Like yep. an actual professional song. <laughs> like it's when you watch the TikTok and how he is able to flip and keep it going mm-hmm, and stay at pace. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, genius. Okay, where's your record deal? It's happening soon. But you know, it just makes me think about like, what are these other children's books we need to see? Because Dr. Seuss isn't the only thing we love, you know? Well, no, 100%. I was thinking about when I was watching them, I was like, I was obsessed with Shel Silverstein, all of his poems growing up. And I'm like, I do not remember lyrics to songs. It is one of my main faults, I would say. I'm stubborn and I can't remember lyrics. And but for some reason, I can remember the words to his poem, Sick. It starts with, I cannot go to school today, said little Peggy Ann McKay. I have the measles and the mumps, a gash, a rash and purple bumps. And I'm like, why do I remember that? But someone needs to do it. Someone has to. <laughs> well, Casey, the obvious person to do it is you. All right, we can uh, we can make that happen. I cannot go to school today," said little Peggy Ann McKay. "I have the measles and the mumps, a gash, a rash, and purple bumps." You have the range. <laughs> you have the skill set. I don't know why, because I was like, you know what? Okay, not all of these takes, you know, like it could be like rap, but it could be pop. It could be folk. It could be country. It could be anything. I just want covers from all these musicians. And for Shel Silverstein, just follow me here. I want Harry Styles. <laughs> I want to see, or I want to hear Lana Del Rey sing Goodnight Moon. Oh, yes. I think she would kill it. Or Billie Eilish, give us a Goodnight Moon. Oh, yes. Billie Eilish. What a lullaby. Yeah, I'm into it. So, yeah, we're going to make that happen. I'll call up the music studios and we're going to cut some tracks later today. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for today. Join us tomorrow for Election Day. And remember, go vote. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Is someone you love in a relationship with somebody who tells the same joke over and over? Somebody who has the audacity to starfish the bed? Now, be honest. Is that somebody you? Look, MeUndies knows relationships aren't perfect. That's why they're celebrating imperfectly perfect matches with their new Valentine's Day collection. Starting now and for a limited time only, new MeUndies customers get 25% off matching pairs and free shipping. Express your one-of-a-kind relationship when you match your bottom half to your better half in fun, limited-edition prints. If you're single, mingle in matching pairs with your friends or fam. You can even get dog hoodies or buddy bands to match your four-legged BFF. Be sure to check out all of MeUndies' sustainably soft undies, socks, bralettes, 
loungewear, and more available in sizes extra small to 4XL. Get 25% off your first order of matching pairs, plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash VDay25. That's MeUndies.com slash VDay25. When's the last time you took a time out? I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fair Play and Find Your Unicorn Space, activist on the gender division of labor, attorney, and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health, and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're peeling back the layers around why society makes it so easy to guard men's time like it's diamonds and treat women's time like it's infinite, like sand. And so whether you're partnered with or without children or in a career where you want more boundaries, this is a place for you, for people of all family structures. So take this time out with us to learn, get inspired, and most importantly, reclaim your time. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking In, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, Nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. 